The normal pastor conference is going down August 2nd and 3rd at Liberty Baptist Church in Liberty, Missouri. You want to get in on the good stuff? Stay tuned for more details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, you why? Like you, I don't know. You just, you were like, well, I was trying to find a, a passage of scripture mm-hmm. and you had this look on your face. What was my look? I don't know. It didn't look good. I was staring outside. Okay. I was looking at the, I was enjoying the view. Really? Yeah. You don't look happy. You, don't, that, you still don't no, look happy. That, that's me focusing. That's your focus? That's, that's my your focus, focus face? Really. Yeah, like, like, yeah. It's like that. It's like that vet. It's like when Rambo comes back. Yeah. And he just sits there and he's just staring out his window. No, what, 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 I've Rambo seen Rambo never sits and stares out a window ever. No, in his free time. N- not in a movie, though. Yeah, he kind of did. No. He kind of did. Well, hold on. His his equivalent of staring at a movie is whittling. He's, oh, he's sharpening his knives. That 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 is his equivalent of staring. Sharpening at the his knives or whittling? Which one Both. is it? Because those Both. are different things. Yeah, you, know, you and, don't see. And the his whittling? whittling is just making stakes to plunge into people's legs through the booby traps. It's called relaxation. Okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> to each their uh, own. Okay, everybody's got their own way of doing it. That's right. I like to just I just stare. Now, what are you going to do? It's Saturday. Yep. Um, we just had a good elders meeting. Great meeting. Two hours hanging out with the guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, got a lot accomplished. I feel got like everything was a good done. one. You know yeah, what? I, wow. That was probably the first time in a long time we got through the whole agenda. No thanks to Kevin McDunn. <laughs> Sir talks a lot. Oh my goodness, Kevin. Yeah. You know what? That's his freedom. That's <laughs> his liberty. That is liberty in Christ. That's his liberty in Christ. I was so <laughs> grateful. I, it was funny because we have these two new elder candidates and whenever you have elder candidates coming onto the elder, elder team and they're in the meetings, sometimes they're, they're really tentative about talking. Like Jimmy used to say, I'm sorry guys, am I not saying too much? And we'd be like, no man, we want you to speak. And so today, man, Kevin was just in the mix. Arguing with Joe. Talking it, talking, like, you know, pushing back and, and, yeah. and uh, holding out Putting things. Joe in his place. Ain't no putting me in my yeah, place. Yeah, he put you in your place. Yeah, I was already in my place on the throne anyway <laughs> so uh and then after after like all this dialogue then what does kevin ask <laughs> kevin's like so uh what's the protocol here on how much i should speak and i go now you ask <laughs> now you ask <laughs> but it was always so good man because we get we get these guys these are sharp godly men mm. and we love how the conversations that we have um better us and make us uh think through what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it so oh that was really good what are you doing the rest of the day uh relaxing I'm going to relax. Really? Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah, it is going to be nice. Some of us, you know, build that into our work week. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us actually make that time. I try to build some work into my work week because it's mostly just relaxing. Is that that really what it is? I try to horseshoe in a little bit of work here Mm, and there. mm. Find the cracks. There you you go. Fill in the cracks with some work. And then even then you feel stressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's why the cracks are there. You know? (laughs) Too much stress after all my relaxing. So today we're back at the 1689. So wait, hold on. What do you got going on today that you're you're not relaxing? How, why are you not relaxing today? Uh, well, I got. I got. Are, some are we going to the lounge after this? No, 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 no. Um, come on, why not? No, I can't. Well, okay. First of all, I thought I had a phone call, but that phone call meeting has yep. been postponed. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, I thought I had to get back home for something. No, we're no, going Jen to the lounge. No, I can't this. go to the lounge. I got work to do. Yeah, we could do that at the lounge. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Okay, I'll see you at the lounge. So I don't know what I got going on. So you got nothing. No, Here I told you Jen. Are no, I told totally Jen. making something up. I'm so busy, guys. I'm so no, my, busy. I got I to like finish my those, sermon. I got to. Okay, people. here's what you want to know. Go ahead. I have to finish my sermon. And okay, that's normal for I, you. That's normal. Normally, it's more done than it is now, but it's going to take well, me a couple it, hours. We've also been 
now because we have elder meetings on Saturday mornings, that does push back yeah. your normal time that you do to, to button things so up. So then yeah. what uh, – I told Jen that I would get home at a certain time for her, and I can't remember why. Why was that? Oh, no. I got to pick up Catherine tonight at 6. If That's only there was some sort of oh, why app do you have to on your phone where you could write down or type up or even speak and it, it puts it for you, marks it on the calendar. Yeah, okay. That way you can remember right. and remind I've got everything you. written down that I need to do. My to-do list app is good. I've been using mm-hmm. it all week. Good, Getting stuff good. done. I didn't. I just Can we add quite- in the to-do? Can we add put items on calendar? Eh. <laughs> I'll put that in the future. List. So what what are we gonna do to to do today? Wait, what's your app called? Is it know. it's do to it's, to it's do? called things. Oh, things. Let me, right. let me, I, I'm not sure. It's now. a good you app. Gotta, yeah, good it's app. called things. That's things. a good one. That's, a good That's one. perfect for me. So what are we gonna do today? Today uh, we're gonna do the 1689 chapter 18 paragraph one on assurance. Assurance. Ah, love uh, assurance. Grace. And salvation. Yeah, grace and salvation. So Joe, why don't you go ahead and read paragraph one? Although temporary believers and other unregenerate men may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and in a state of salvation, which hope of theirs shall perish, yet such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him in sincerity, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may in this life be certainly assured that they are in a state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed. So, this first paragraph introduces the subject of assurance. Yeah. And it gives us uh, the this concept that there are two basic kinds of assurance. There's a false assurance of salvation, mm-hmm. and then there is a true uh, assurance of salvation. And so what we want to do today is give a basic definition of assurance and talk about the two kinds of assurance and, yeah. and how many of us in the Christian church, especially Southern Baptist contexts, oftentimes give the false kind of assurance to people. Uh, Especially even, those that, you know, come up and say the prayer. Yep. That's, uh, that's one of the ways we tend to seal that deal. No wonder we've got 16 million, whatever we have. It's actually a billion now. Oh, billion? Oh, they've been, they've been going fast these last <laughs> couple months. 16 it went billion? From, it went from 15 million to 15 billion. <laughs> you mm-hmm. do well done, SBC. <laughs> so, um, first of all, when we're talking about an assurance of salvation here, uh, well, how would you, how would you summarize it? Like, what do, what does it mean to be assured of your salvation? You can't use the word assured. No, no, no. Because you can't be like, well, it means to basically be like assured <laughs> of your salvation. You can't do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would think, uh, when I, when we think of and when we talk about, uh, assurance of salvation, I would say, uh, a trust in the hope that we have in the gospel. Knowing that, uh, that Christ has, uh, atoned for our sins, that we are justified, um, despite us, despite myself, I guess. Right. Okay. So what, uh, what are like some words, some single words that come to mind? If assurance of salvation, yep. uh, like I think of the word confidence. Yep. Like I am confident that my, my name is is written down in the book of life that yep. I belong to God. Yeah, I think I, uh, I would use that word trust. Yep, certainty, right? Like I, I, I there's I, I have a sense of certainty or security mm-hmm. in uh, in this, and so and then it, probably I yeah, probably the best word I'd use uh, just off the top of my head uh, assurance. <laughs> so that's a good one. That's a good I one. like that. You should write that down. I'm gonna write that down. So you know, really a. Um, an assurance of salvation is a, a a a sense of certainty that your sins have been forgiven mm-hmm. and that heaven is yours, 
right? It's um, there's or, or security uh, would be another one uh, that we could use. And you see this in, in scripture, right? For example, in First John chapter five, verse thirteen, you know why? Why does John write his letters? And he says this a few times. I'm writing this because, well, in First John five thirteen, he says, "I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know mm-hmm. that you have eternal life." So I don't just want you to have eternal life, John says. I want you to know that you have it. And I think it was Brooks who says something like, "It's one thing, uh, you know, to to have salvation." And to know that you're going to heaven, but to know that you have salvation, that's heaven on earth. Like it brings so many of the blessings mm-hmm. of salvation to you when you have this assurance. Yeah, it's a change. It's a paradigm shift in, in, in your thinking, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to interact with the world and with others, uh, in a certain way, uh, and, and with God in a way, knowing that you have this assurance. Right. So it is a confidence, a certainty, a security that uh, that our sins have been forgiven, that we've been reconciled to God, mm-hmm. and that nothing that we can do can separate us from the love of God. That assurance is not always present in a Christian's life, is it? No. Sometimes no. it's there and it's strong, and sometimes sometimes it's weak. Yeah. Sometimes it's 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 flailing. It Kaiser so stays on you, you just <laughs> vanishes. <laughs> <laughs> you said that I'm like why how because like, then Kaiser Soze vanishes like you're limping vanishes. around is that like yeah, you're yeah, limping, limping don't spoil it oh <laughs> but I still gonna, oh, listen if they haven't watched it by now that's on them yeah that's on them so oh, yeah it's, it's not yeah. always there that was really good yeah I like that right? yeah that was actually really really good so um, <laughs> now the, the, a lot of people think that you, like listen if you're a Christian you'll have assurance and if you don't have assurance then you then should you must wonder, not be yeah, a Christian how, how can you not how can you doubt the Lord yeah no I, I disagree with that um because at least, well, because experientially, uh, I know that I have uh, had assurance, and you definitely aren't saved. Yeah, wait, hmm? wait. No, right. I thought we were talking about like when you lose your assurance. Oh yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Wait, Can you yeah, lose no, your don't, assurance. Don't, well, don't jump into you know uh, false hope right. at this point. So, like, you see, here's the thing. Why don't we do this? Like, because people that say like, well, you have assurance of salvation if you're saved. Okay, well, first of all, isn't it possible to have an assurance of salvation without being saved? Absolutely. People have it, like, people get that. We've seen it all the time. We see it yeah. in scripture. You see in scripture, Matthew 7. Uh, this, Ooh. this one scares, this one scares me. Especially because you're charismatic. <laughs> That's why it scares that, you. Uh, this is Jesus. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? So these are the people I would think, oh, they should be, they, you should be feeling pretty good. Yeah. You're prophesying, you're proclaiming, you're casting out demons, you're doing many mighty works. There's these visible signs. Uh, Filling teeth, gold dust. Gold dust. <laughs> people, people are being slain in the spirit. Glory clouds. You're, you're waving your jacket, Benny Hinn style. Oh, yep. Like, it's going crazy. Drop kicking demons out of people. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That... Yeah, this you is can the, have this, 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 this passage. This scares me. So there's there are those that have a false assurance of salvation. Yep. Um, and these people are so assured of their salvation. They're arguing with Jesus. Like, hey, hey Jesus, <laughs> listen, I don't think you understand. Um, I've I've I'm confident that I, I yeah. think you're wrong. I think mm-hmm. you're wrong, Jesus, uh, because look at what I've done. Yeah, look at these look at these outward signs, and they're no, they're, they're good signs, right? They're legitimate things, right? These are they're good deeds, miraculous signs and wonders, and and uh, it, now, the the confession calls such people temporary believers or other 
unregenerate people, right? So the people that have a false sense of assurance would be non-believers. Now, how can it... How is it possible that a non-believer would get into a place where they would have an assurance of salvation of any kind? Well, uh, it talks about they vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God what and in mean? a state of salvation. Uh, I would say— How so do they, they get to that point? How do they get to the point? I think sometimes—well, I would uh, go with don't, don't. prosperity gospel mm. mindset. Yep. I Look at this. I have the favor of the Lord. My account has—I now have this private jet that I bought off of uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking my va- my family to Italy on vacation. Mm-hmm. I can't be in. Why? What? Why? Why are you being like that? What did I say? Why, why are you being like that? No, I'm just. I was. I'm not I, taking I was, my whole family. I'm what? just taking my wife. Oh, are you how doing dare that? You? I didn't know. Uh, how dare you? I was just reaching you? for an extravagant, <laughs> unnecessary vacation that like first no all, Christian would go on. First of all, it is necessary it, it, but, because because I, I, I have not toured southern Italy. Okay. And, and if it's necessary, and, you'd be taking me. Right, it's just I'm not, no. It's, it's not I'm not, first of all, I'm not taking you because you are not enjoyable on vacation. I'm I am perfectly enjoyable. with you. The travel experience with you sucks. No, it's it's the best because no. you don't you just stay put. No, that's what no, you do. The travel you get there and you stay put. No, 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 no. I'm talking about even just getting there is yeah. horrible with you. No, it's the. What are you talking about, <gasps> bro? All right, look, can we just talk about the sickness? Because you don't even know. You're just making stuff up now. <laughs> well, I am a very anyways, pleasant travel companion. You are not. I'm no, just like the travelocity gnome. You don't know, don't know what the heck's going on? You can't even just figure it out like, oh, I'm going to look at my phone and figure out this is what I do next. Because I, I don't do anything. When I go on vacation, I don't do anything. No, I'm just talking about even at the airport. Oh, that's different. Because yeah, <laughs> you're going into these special lounges with like <laughs> not goblets even of... Not even that. I'm talking about even just getting through the airport. Because yeah, you got, you got pre checked TSA, all kinds of privileges <laughs> that I don't have. All right. So, so but these people, they prosperity look at the gospel. prosperity gospel when they think, okay, my account is, you know, my bank account's there. I've got my private jet, so I don't have to uh, be in this tube with all the other demons. Uh, That's right. <laughs> like, it's just, so they think because I life have good, is easy. Life is easy. Things have kind of went my way. But then there must are, be the favor of the Lord. But even in evangelical churches, even in Bible believing churches, people will have a false sense of assurance. Like, how is it that a non Christian can go to a church where the Bible is preached mm-hmm. and wind up with a false sense of assurance? Like, how could that happen? Well, I think uh, we begin to, when we treat non believers as if they're believers, mm-hmm. right? In the sense that uh, because we want them to, we want them to yeah. believe, or we want them to get involved, we start to put them into positions. We start to invite them to to things uh, and positions that they shouldn't be involved in. We don't disciple them well. We just yep. assume because they're in the building, they're in the fold. A lot. Yeah, like that. Oh, Jimmy just impressed himself. I did. Yeah, he just high fived himself <laughs> and patted himself on the back yeah, at the both same at time. the same time. Um, so, yeah, and I think that, you know, so some people will move people along too quickly. I think there is, uh, in a lot of senses, a, a lack of discipleship that can lead to this. So what we're fundamentally saying, though, is that a non-Christian comes into church, and through a variety of means and circumstances, mm-hmm. they wind up believing that they are okay with God. Now, what is giving them that that sort of assurance? If it's not from God, because obviously God's not giving them mm-hmm. that assurance, it's got to come from people. Yeah, And so these people are saying affirming that they are in some way reconciled now yeah and i'm trying to think because i want to think the best of people right because the cynic in me is like oh you want your numbers to be bolstered because it makes you feel good yeah right? but i don't think any, i don't think that's really yeah it. no i don't know any even, but i just wonder even, if even the mega church guys they don't want people to go to hell they want people to actually yeah, go to hell but i think though maybe like maybe it's just all a part of discipleship there's a lack of 
presenting the gospel. Yeah, there's there's a lack of law gospel. Yeah, there's a there isn't enough of a detailed understanding of how conversion works. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, focus it, on the love of God and not the the law. Right. So you. In fact, the love of God is all the more meaningful because of because the law of, the, of God. Exactly, exactly. So when you're when you're looking at at these people coming in, and when you say like, "Oh wow, this person feels bad about their sins," this person sees Jesus as a beautiful Savior, mm-hmm. and this person affirms that what I'm saying is true. That does not mean that they that they believe. Yeah. Like, you know, you can have knowledge and assent to ideas without having the fundamental idea, which is what you were talking about earlier, trust. So trust is dependence, right? Active dependence on Jesus. And so, like, you can have an agreement with facts. You can go through moral reformation. I mean, think about how many Southern Baptists have seen non-Christians come into their churches and learn about the Bible and go through a personal reformation. They change their lives. Mm -hmm. They stop doing bad things. They start doing good things. Um, and they feel guilty. And so what do they do? They say, pray this prayer. Mm-hmm. And if you mean it when you pray it, you're reconciled to God. So they pray a prayer. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have believed. Now, they, yeah. many of them do believe in that context, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they have. And so then they tie their salvation. They tie their assurance to a prayer that was prayed yeah. instead of, oh, my assurance is rooted in Christ himself and my dependence on him by faith right now. And, and this is where I struggle with, uh, like parachurch organizations, right? Um, and that's not to say every parachurch is like this. And that's not to say that within a parachurch organization, there's not good and bad examples, right? Mm-hmm. But like I, you know, I was with Young Life for a number of years and it right. was great. I love that ministry. Lots of great work that they're doing. Uh, really valuable. Um, the one issue I had is the sense of, of false assurance, uh, because, you know, you get kids hopped up on, on sugar. They don't sleep really well throughout the week. They're running around. They're excited. Day five and six, they're primed to get emotional. Yeah, man. Right. And then the, the one thing I like about young life though is that when they go home, they're with a leader and that mm-hmm. leader is able to disciple them and keep going through with them and, and following up. But there's a lot of organizations out there that don't have that. They don't have the follow up. Yeah. They don't have the follow up. They just, they say the prayer and then boom, I got my, I got my stat. Here's a track. Here's a Bible. You're on your own. Exactly. And so that's the thing is that, okay, maybe, maybe that's genuine. Maybe it is, but you're not walking alongside. Aside, uh, right. Beside them to to help them through this process, right? It's like giving a you know a little kid a heavy sword to wield. Like, hey, listen, I know the 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 path that you're going to walk is dangerous and long, uh, but here, listen, put stick this through the side of your pull ups and uh, yeah. and defend yourself and use this on your way. Like, you can't expect them to know what to do. They got to be helped. No. They got to walk together in community, fellowship the ring style, yo, going your, to Mordor. <laughs> yeah, with the ring style yeah going to that's the church, man. You got the elves and you mm. got the, the humans and you got the dwarves like me and you. Mm. Yeah, we got well, no, 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 like you. Oh, no, we we're both. You're, the, no. First of all, we're the same height. We're no, basically we are the not same height. the same height. Everybody I, no, has we need now to seen stop the pictures. Here. I would say I'm more of a dwarf because I'm heavier set. I think you're the hobbit. You're, you're Hobbits shorter. don't have beards. So we're both dwarves. And I'm angry. So I'm definitely Gimli. You're not angry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're, you're like Gimli's wife. Now we can move on. <laughs> we can move on to this thing. No, so, no, hold on. But your joke. But we're talking about like assurance and, and false assurance. I mean, there's one thing that we know for sure that you could be assured of. Yeah, well, I, I I can think of I can think of more than one thing. Oh well, the one thing you you can be assured. Of, one of the things I will say this is that uh, the second best conference of the year is going to be happening at Liberty 
Baptist Church in yes, Liberty, Missouri, August 2nd and 3rd. What, what conference is this, Joe? It's called the Extraordinary Pastor Conference. No, I believe it's called the Normal Pastor That's Conference. That's right. You know why it's called that? Uh, because it's for normal pastors. It's for normal pastors. This is not... Listen, if uh, everybody's welcome to this, but this is a conference Except for pastors <laughs> that are regular, day in, day out, laboring in the ministry of the word and prayer at churches. You know, you're going to have pastors here of churches that you know what they have. Uh, they have several hundred people. You'll pa- yep. you'll see a lot of guys there that are pastoring churches that are under a hundred, and nobody cares, right? Because. It's all about the work of being a pastor. It's about the life of, of, of the pastor. And this is a conference for pastors. Like, we want you to be encouraged. We want you to be blessed. And man, I got to be honest, I am really excited to, you know, be invited to be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. We've got some, some amazing speakers. Uh, obviously, uh, Jared Wilson, he's the obviously. guy that puts all of this together. I'm just going to shout out one name today. All right. Juan Kwok. Juan Quack, right there. Okay. Juan Quack. Juan Quack is awesome. He's a great preacher. He's a great pastor. Mm-hmm. I love his church. Uh, I've been there and I've taught before. My wife has been there and taught before. And uh, Juan is one of the most real, legit, godly pastors that I know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm encouraged by him. I know everybody else will be. So you want to get there. They can, uh, where do they go if they want to register for this thing, Jimmy? Yeah, normalpastorconference.com. Right. So head on over there, register. It's August 2nd and 3rd. Uh, you can grab tickets there while they are available. I'm going to be there. You know what? I'm bringing one of my kids. Oh, good, mm-hmm. good. I'm not going. No, nah, no, Jimmy didn't want to go. <laughs> I think I'm going to, uh, I don't going know. to Italy. No, I, yeah. that's November. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Jimmy, we've got false assurance, which can come through like these vain worldly things. Like, well, I think God likes me because mm. I have good stuff. And then you have the more evangelical forms of false assurance where like, hey, I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm doing things. Therefore, I'm okay. But all of them, what's, what makes them all the same is that uh, these are people that have not trusted in Christ personally. So their assurance is based on uh, on superficial things rather than on Christ himself. Yeah. Then there is this real assurance that comes that believers, right? Believers can uh, be assured that they are in a state of grace, uh, rejoicing in the hope of the glory mm-hmm. of God, never being ashamed of it. And it, but what it says here is that that these true believers may, in this life, be certainly assured. So, yeah. Oh, it doesn't mean that they will always be certainly yeah. assured, but that they may have it, yeah. that there will be times when you have it and there will be times when you don't. Yeah. And actually, uh, William Plumer writes about this. Uh, he says, true believers may have the assurance of their salvation, diverse ways shaken, diminished and intermitted by, mm-hmm. and here's by uh, negligence and preserving of it, by falling into some special sin, which wounds the conscience and grieves the spirit by some sudden or vehement temptation or by God's withdrawing the light of his countenance. I mean, these are four ways that, uh, you might be, you might be chugging along. You might be doing well. You might be, uh, having this full assurance of, of that grace and that salvation. And mm-hmm. yet all of a sudden it's, it's shaken. It's taken away. You no longer feel it anymore. Uh, and, and here's some of the reasons possibly why the negligence of preserving of it. So where we take it for granted, when we're not leaning into the means of grace, when yep. we're not in God's word, when we're not praying, uh, when we're not part of community, when we're not part of the Sunday morning gathering, when, when we neglect, uh, these opportunities that we have to grow and to be reminded of the salvation that we have in Christ together. 
you're going to get shaken. You've got to be active, right? Mm-hmm. So the assurance comes from the Lord, mm-hmm. but it comes in the context of uh, of an active and lively faith. Uh, before you continue, yep. I want to just read um, something from, uh, I think it's Boston. Jeez, uh, oh, uh, who wrote Heaven on Earth? I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> I didn't remember, but um, it's a great Puritan book. It's Brooks. It's not Boston. It's Brooks. So I was anyways, about to say, like in the band? Oh, more than a feeling. <laughs> so uh, here's what he says in, in line with what you're saying, Jimmy. Uh, one of the reasons we lose our assurance is um, our remissness, our carelessness and laziness mm. in religious services and in the exercise of their graces. Now, I, he just says this so creatively. It's, I love that. Listen to this. Ah, how active and lively are men in pursuing after the world, but how lifeless and unactive in the ways of grace and holiness. Doubting Christians, remember this, that the promise of assurance and comfort is made over not to lazy, but laborious Christians, not to idle, but to active Christians, not to negligent, but to diligent Christians. That's a bada bam. That is a bada bam right there. That, so that means uh, when you're just showing up and you've got, you, you're rolling in 20 minutes late, you've got your latte and then you just stand there. Yeah. And I'm not, this is not a call to like, oh, you got to yell, scream, dance, grab the flag or raise your hands. That's not what I'm talking about. We don't, we don't have a flag, but go ahead. Well, we don't, yeah. Well, you know, I bring it in the back there. Um, it's not a call for, for some feigned excitement. It's not a call to become this, uh, like as if we're, uh, uh, spectators and, and cheering on our favorite sports team. I mean, this is a call that when you're there, is your heart right? Is your heart, is, is your heart engaging, right? Are you just going through the motions? Are, are you reflecting upon the word as it's being, uh, sung and preached and prayed, right? Are you, so I think that's, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Is, is, is not just going through the motions or acting like it, uh, but is your heart ready? And so, Assure, and what we, what we want to do as we walk through this chapter of the 1689 is we want to go deeper into the this idea of assurance, mm-hmm. what it is and what effect does it have on your life? When yeah. you have an assurance of salvation, how does that change you? Jimmy talked about it being a reorientation to how you view life yeah. and your circumstances. Okay, so what does it actually do? And how can we seek a, a greater sense of assurance? And why does God sometimes actively withhold assurance from us yeah uh, so uh, and actually it talks about that here that mm-hmm. that he'll uh number four was withdrawing the light of his countenance right he goes and allowing even such as fear him to walk in darkness and have no light why why would he do that i think so that we would turn back to him so that we would abandon these yeah. ways because he talks about the second way uh one of the reasons might be falling into some special sin yeah which uh which wounds the conscience and grieves the spirit or by some sudden or vehement temptation. So, I mean, there's, there's ways that we could be shaken and, mm-hmm. and have our, have our assurance, uh, taken away. You're just not always going to have it. And you, so, and sometimes you shouldn't have it because mm-hmm. you're acting like a fool. Yeah. Sometimes you're acting like a, like a pagan. Yeah. And like somebody who doesn't believe. And when you're acting like that, you shouldn't have assurance. You should be questioning your calling. You should be like, wait a minute. Am I, am I, am I a believer? Like, yeah. what, what is my hope? Where's, why am I doing what I'm doing? And what we see, of course, like this is following the, the chapter on perseverance. Yeah. You're, if you are saved, if you have believed, if you are elect, then once you are regenerated, you are going to persevere in faith to the end. That does not mean that you don't wind up in dark, difficult, disturbing yeah. uh, days. So the question is, is if you lack assurance, what do you do? Yeah. And when you have assurance, 
what are the impacts? What, what is the impact? That's the stuff that we want to get into as we're going through this chapter. So, Joe, I mean, uh, one of the last things I, I would like to just touch on briefly is um, what do you do when you've got a friend that has lost their assurance of salvation? Yeah. that. Like, how, how do you help walk alongside people? Well, that's what we're going to get into uh, in, in the following weeks. So let me just tease it by saying – if your friend, if you're convinced that your friend is a believer, like mm-hmm. you're, and listen, don't just assume, okay? Just because he's your friend doesn't mean he's a believer. If your friend, if you think this person is a believer and they are wrestling with their doubts, then I would want to ask them, why do you think you're not? Like what has, what is convincing you to conclude that you don't have faith in Jesus? Because at this point, they wouldn't be denying the, the faith. They are just denying that they have faith. Correct. Yeah. So then I would want to say, so what makes you think that you don't have faith? Um, and then let them lay out all of their reasons. And then you can ask them, so are you basing your confidence of your standing before God based on what you do or based on what Christ has done? And then I would press in on the issue of faith. Do you believe? I mean, that's the real question here. Do you believe? And I'm not asking, do you believe perfectly? Yeah. I'm asking, do you believe? Do you, do you trust that Christ is your only hope? So there is a real subjective aspect to that, right, that that only they can answer. And then while they're working through those issues and, and trying to answer those questions, they've got to commit themselves to the means of grace. Otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't expect that they will ever have assurance again. Yeah. You've got to press into the means of grace. Otherwise, God is, is much less likely to work. He tends to work through those traditional means that he has given us. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. August 2nd and 3rd is just around the corner. Head on over to NormalPastorConference.com and register today. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.